Hello everybody and welcome to What Will The Smart Party Do? This week we're getting very excited about UK Games Expo which is uh, coming upon us very quickly it seems. It seemed like a long way off and now it's right upon us. So it's not just me and Baz. Hello Baz. Hello mate, how's it going? Yes, very good. Uh, we've also got a special guest uh, from The Giant Brain from a blog and also a podcast now, Mr Ian McAllister. How are you doing Ian? Not too bad guys, how are you doing? Yes, we're all good here I think. Excellent. It's Got to that kind of season. I've got a couple of conventions under my belt. I've got a few more to go. Uh, but the big the big main one, I think, for the UK convention calendar, whether, maybe not just for role-playing, but generally for gaming in the UK, I think we've got to say it's UK Games Expo, haven't we? Absolutely. By far the biggest con in the UK for all, all things board gaming, by some degree of the imagination. Dragon Meat's behind it, but very far behind it, over the hills and far away. <laughs> now don't start singing nobody wants to hear that yeah we had enough of that pre-podcast <laughs> that's one for the Patreons oh my goodness <laughs> yeah pay us enough money we won't release it <laughs> yeah I'll have to try so, that so um for, for those that haven't been to to Expo before Ian, do you want to give us your lowdown on what, what you think it is in essence then what if you've never been to a convention or specifically Expo what, what could you expect as just a bit of an overview uh, pretty much anything you can imagine on tabletop. So Expo is happening in the NEC uh, down in Birmingham, uh, as it has done for the last couple of years. Um, and it is just full of tabletop goodness from massive family zones catering to sort of kids, kids and parents, uh, to massive sort of X-wing miniature tournaments, netrunner tournaments, all sorts of like organized play going on. If you're into that that side of the hobby. There's vendors, there's 333 or something like that exhibitors this year. So that's vendors and publishers and all sorts coming across. There's big banner sponsors from Games Workshop down to really small independent guys. Play test zones going on. Pretty much anything that you can imagine in the tabletop sphere you can you can do at Expo. There's there'll be cosplay on, there's I think there's a, a Vikings and Orc encampment along the side of the of the lake near the NEC and things like that You're right yeah and there's yeah. lots and lots of tasty food mm, delicious tasty street vendors <laughs> there are indeed yeah I mean there's all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff that goes on as well as that it's kind of um, Nightmare which some of us may remember if you're old enough which was the old TV series where someone wore a helmet and his, his friends kind of like told him one step to the left forward a bit right a bit and sort of guide him through this TV maze. They do a Nightmare Live Expo as well, where you can sign up and, and shout at your mate and go, no, no, you're on the left, as he walks right into the fireball. Yeah, there's so good that's f- pretty good. Yeah, there's a good few seminars. They're doing the, the, the Dark Rooms return as well, which is like a guy basically doing a sort of like, like old-school text adventure, but live, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I think there's like, I think there's a sort of celebrity pandemic game as well, so like sort of podcast celebrities and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, they've got it. Ian Livingston reads Death Trap Dungeon as well, where they're going to get somebody to go through it with Ian Livingston doing the duration of the book. That could be very good. sure, with with inverted commas help from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, leave it. Um, yeah, there's there's also the FFG kind of stuff, so Star Wars X Wing, Netrunner, all yeah. those kind of games that they got. They got like a big hole full of all that kind of stuff as well. European Championships. There's a Starship Simulator, which is a cross between. Uh, Star Trek and Guitar Hero kind of thing where you work as a group to try and navigate yep. uh, the um, the futuristic world as it was. Indeed. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And role-playing games as well in abundance of varieties from D&D to Pathfinder and all that kind of thing. But also Star Wars, Cthulhu, The One Ring, 40k, 
Uh, I think there's about 350 entries for role-playing games. Wow, that's, minute, that's a lot. Which is pretty good. I, 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 to be honest, I haven't even looked at that side of the expo. I've been too busy looking at the, the sort of board game and card game side of it. I haven't even looked there. That's the good thing about it. It's like, it's there, but I don't really have an interest in that right now, but it's cool that it exists. Yeah, and uh, have you been... Have you been with one of your young ones, Baz, at one point? Um, I was. I, I didn't. Um, I think our, our mutual friend Pete went up there with his kids. Oh, uh, that's I know right. that there was yeah, yeah. when I was up there last year or the year before. There was a. I wish I had brought my children because there was a there was a family area which mm. was not nearly as cringe-inducing as it sounds, and was actually like a really good place to go and pick up some great great games. Um, I got ice cool off the back yeah. of that, and kind cool. of wished I'd had my kids along with me to play it at the time they played it since obviously but they kind of missed out on that whole uh, what is this moment that <laughs> the family games area is is full of really good innovative stuff and i, I just as as i'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast and everyone who's currently on this podcast will go why on earth does anybody ever play monopoly or cluedo when things like expo <laughs> show you what can be done yeah i mean expo has always been good for that right back when i remember when it was in a like a weird masonic hall in the middle of birmingham and even then they were would have like school groups in and they were concentrating on like not being just for sort of nerdy gamers like ourselves they they want to bring lots of people in like families having days out just to the con for a day or just for the day rather than like the full weekend like i'm doing Uh, but yeah it's great that they support such a wide range of gamers it's good to see yes i think we're saying really that it's um even if you're not like a hardcore role player Mm. or if you are but i think of taking your significant other and or children or other people around there's plenty going on isn't there no matter what kind of stripe of nerdery or geekdom you might be into or even if you're just like a normal inverted commas muggle or whatever there's plenty to go and have a look around even for it you know if if you didn't really get into games or what really sure what they're about just for one day you could wander around just to try and see everything couldn't you that'd be quite easy mm-hmm. yeah you'd have a hard time seeing everything but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, if you it, jogged around you could see everything. yeah because it was in it was in one hall it was it, it filled one of the main halls in the NEC and if you've never been in the NEC that is a big space mm. uh, last year and now it's taking up part of a second hall I think it's definitely got two halls booked yeah. on the map yeah and then there's the entirety of the uh, Birmingham Metropole isn't it it's the Hilton yeah the, the Hilton's got after hours game, well gaming all through the day and after hours gaming and then there's the organized play area which is again a one whole hall and is just absolutely massive um and i think is open at night for gaming as well and just yeah the, the thing it's i mean if if you don't like massive crowds it might not be for you because there will be a lot mm. of people um my plan vaguely this year is to avoid the hall on the saturday afternoon because it's going to get really mm. busy um, yeah. and just go and sit go and play games with your fine selves um yeah so it's probably worth me just covering a little bit of logistics for people. We've been busy raving about how great it is, uh, and people don't even know when or where or anything. So it's normally the end of May, beginning of June, and this year it's Friday the 1st to Sunday the 3rd of June. Although quite a lot of people, if they stop in for the weekend, get there the night before. I think mm. maybe they'll be down there on the Thursday night to get a couple of beers and check in the press passes and that kind of stuff. Yep. As I say, kind of like the, the Metropole is, is where a lot of people congregate. Uh, and if you're there for day tickets, you generally go through the sort of campus, in inverted commas. I have to keep saying inverted commas. That's 
I don't know why. Um, but yeah, around the sort of lakeside and all the rest of it, it feels like a little university campus, doesn't it? Or it does to me anyway. Yeah. Um, where you've got like the, the Orc and Viking layout and you've got the feed tents and you've got various cosplayers and people in fancy dress and whatever else. Um, and the, the NEC has got like a big massive trade hall, like you say. So there's there's also bits and pieces seems to pop up around the place that you, you're not quite expecting. Uh, and little groups will, will organise stuff ad hoc. I think there's even some LARPs going on as well. There's some seminars, there's talks. There's There was even last year um, something that happened at the same time, which was um, like a collector's convention that was going on in the NEC as well, which isn't part of the main event. But it was interesting that you got kind of these other little bits and pieces added on as well. I'm not sure what's going to happen this I year. I think that's there again this year as, uh, yeah. again. I don't, I know, I don't know how sure, Game Text will feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does seem to be there again this year. Yeah, so... If you fancy coming down, um, you can go to the ukgamesexpo.co.uk site. It's easy enough. Just type Games Expo into Google, you'll find it. Uh, well worth doing for a day. Well worth doing for the whole weekend if you can manage it as well. Um, the one thing that's probably not especially this close to the convention is hotels nearby, if there are any spaces available, aren't particularly cheap, it's fair to say. Um, the numbers going, the footfall to Expo has been going up like by thousands every year. Now it's got to the point where you have to book months and months in advance to get the hotel yeah. itself, uh, and it is um, like three figures per night easily, and you know, going northwards every year. So, uh, if you do fancy coming along and it's not just a day trip, what I would suggest to people is look at Airbnbs and things in Birmingham, uh, because it is actually on a, a sort of main line, more or less. You've got the airport. Nearby, it's on the M42 more or less. There's a good transport links to get to Expo. Just one thing to be aware of if you're thinking of going and want to stop over is start looking for accommodation now, and it's going to be probably a little bit further afield than you would like to be, I guess. Yeah, I'm in a Airbnb on the Sunday night because I'm staying over an extra night this year. I'm staying with the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast, which is another Scottish Scottish group. Um, they've been nice enough to lend me a sofa so I can, didn't have to pay the ridiculous train fee back up on the Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a good few. Uh, I think all the sort of local netrunner players are going down and um, they're staying in like sort of hotels, Airbnbs in town. So yeah, that's good. That's good advice. And yeah, the the hotels really are getting very expensive around the expo. They've caught they they cottoned onto the fact a couple of years ago that they didn't have to give any discounts anymore because <laughs> people are going to want to stay there anyway. So it's like, <laughs> yay! I drove up last year. From memory, the car parking was really good with shuttle buses and stuff. But I think the car parking was sixteen quid for a whole day last year. Yeah. So it's going to be at least that this year. That's worth factoring into your budget if you're going to be staying or driving up. It's easy to get to. It's an easy drive. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, there's nothing cheap about Expo. Can I can I get that out of the way straight away? Is it maybe a slight uh, a slight down? It's not too bad. <laughs> Food's not too bad from the if you if you avoid like the main hotels. Uh, the main hotel and the sort of the restaurants and the complex over and go to the street food stuff food's mm. very very affordable uh, alcohol is not because you're getting that from hotel bars or like they're mm. weird surf was it, there was, there was yeah. a brewery there last year that had a sort of setup kind of thing and yeah. it, it was m- more affordable than a hotel but still pretty expensive but yeah the street food is pretty is pretty reasonable it's all, it always has been yeah, I can recommend Becky's Bargies. They're there they're, again. Mm, the the Meat Shack do the best burgers I've ever had in my life. Yeah, they are so good. But yeah, it's a fair point, Baz. The car parking you've got to factor in. The food, while the street food's good and not overly priced, it's still sort of festival prices, I would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like dirt cheap or anything. Uh, and you have to be aware that if you're drinking in the in the Hilton, 
that you know pints are north of a five pound each. So uh, yeah, bear that in mind if you go. I know some disgruntled gamers, as every year, will turn up and start complaining about the prices immediately. But I think if you've been before, you know by now that it's going to cost you some money. So <laughs> put your little budget to one side. Consider that money already spent. It's like going into a casino. Just imagine you've lost that money already. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and then go and enjoy yourself is probably my advice. Well, Although, a fair if, you comparison know, would be something like you know you've you've booked your Glastonbury tickets and you're going to get mm, the three, yeah. four, five best days of the year and, you've, and it's your holiday isn't it you're going to go out with your tribe but with like-minded people everywhere and uh, and once you're in you're in um, and you cannot possibly get through every brilliant game that they'll have for you to play so <laughs> from a value-added perspective once, you, once you've dropped your cash you're ready to go aren't you Absolutely. yeah I think so and if you really want to you know you can you can bring pet lunches and stuff if you're not stopping on site you don't have to partake all the stuff that they've got and there's so much going on like you say it's not like you need to sit in the bar drinking all day there's plenty of gaming going on so you're not going to have to be spending money if you don't want to to be fair so there's um there's quite a lot of quite a lot going on the just in the the main hall itself in terms of vendors trying to shield their wares so to speak although shield seems a bit of a pejorative term really it's like they're just trying to like let you know what they've got so you can throw money at them because most gamers seem to run around with their IKEA bags already brought with them, so they can stuff them full of game goodness. I saw a guy with a trolley last year. Yeah, I saw yeah. a guy with a trolley last year. It's like, what's going on? No, these things are real, aren't they? There, there are people bring those little collapsible, expandable yeah. trolley things, a little bit like you would see in an airport, because after half an hour, there is physically too much stuff to carry around with them. And I saw yeah. trolleys with like four or five feet of board games on them <laughs> it was like a shelf with two wheels at the end being pulled by a bloke yeah. you kind of assume at first it's a vendor don't you and then you realise yeah. no it's actually the, this is one of the punters yeah, he's, he's just, just, he's just buying stuff yeah. <laughs> little bungee cords and everything I mean these guys are organised I don't think we need to tell anybody how to do this because they're, they're a pros <laughs> going to this event yeah and then there's all kinds of weird and wonderful little bits and pieces in the in the main hall as well that just tucked away in little alleys and you, you find sort of Corridors of the things that you hadn't discovered after like two days later, you suddenly find a little bit of avenue that you didn't, you haven't seen before somehow. Yeah, and that's going to be rich. worse this year as well. With all, with the bigger layout as well, there's, yeah, there's rich, just no way you can see everything. Rich came was up to us last year with some like MDF cutouts his board, and I was like, "Well, what's that?" Is like, I don't really know. I quite like it, and you just kind of get <laughs> giddy in the, in the whole atmosphere of the thing when you just, you see something and you buy it. I think he got um, it was an MDF model of an MDF cutter. Oh so, yeah, so it's like it was a scale model. <laughs> oh, of the it? thing you yeah, used to cut the scale yeah, model. That's right. It was an MDF model of a laser car, wasn't it? it was total <laughs> uh, and you get everything from uh, there's a the double decker bus in there as well, isn't there? Sometimes yeah, it's water games, games. Year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all kinds of stuff. So, have you got a bit of a hit list? Then we've mentioned there's like over 300 uh, exhibitors and stuff. Ian. Have Let's you got do them all. That you've sort of got, got your eye on. Yeah. So we'll just go down the list one by one and talk. Strap about yourselves them. in, everyone. We'll be here tomorrow. Still. So yeah, like last year was the first time I'd got press pass, and I did a ridiculous preview, which ran to something like fifteen articles on the site, and I wrote a little bit about every single person, every single one. I did not do that this year because I would be dead, or mad, or some combination of those things. So yeah, this year there's a few previews up on the Giant Brain, uh, and I just put my hit list today. Um, oh, my mouse has decided to stop working. That's helpful. Um, so yeah, I put on my hit list today. So uh, I've got ten companies that I really want to hit. That, uh, these are mostly board game companies because that's mostly the focus of the blog. 
No, there are a couple of RPG things I want to see. There's the guys doing the Forgotten Lands box set that was on Kickstarter a little while ago, the oh, yeah, crawl yeah. thing. And there's the folks doing that did the Spire RPG. I'd be quite interested in, in seeing them right. and seeing if they're uh, they're they're about. I don't know if they've got copies or not, but I missed the Kickstarter for that, and it sounded pretty intriguing. Um, I'd quite like to pick up. But anyway, so yeah, my hit list. Uh, shall I just go from the top? Yeah, just give us a few, and I'll get bored and talk about something else for a bit. Cool. Okay. Uh, in that case, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with the Scottish guys then. So, um, two Scottish companies going. Uh, sorry, three Scottish companies going down. I'm quite interested. In. Uh, Bad Cat Games. Um, so they're releasing a game called Gladiatories later in the year. They're going to preview stuff for their Kickstarter uh, on uh, on their table. Uh, I got a demo of this at Drag Me last year. It's a really interesting little game of uh, gladiatorial fighting and also betting on them. Your the idea is that you're a you're an owner of gladiators rather than the gladiators themselves but you, yeah, you get sure. to sort of play the fights but you also get to gamble on who might win as well so it seemed like a really interesting little game the demo I got I'm hoping to get a fuller preview of that uh, and write a bit about it because I've got a, a Meeting of Minds article which is my sort of interview series is uh, with Bad Cat as well so I'm going to put those two things together for them uh, uh, Digisprite which is a company I hadn't heard of until I started doing the preview they're Dundee based uh, they've got a game called Doomsday Box coming. I know very little about it or them, uh, but yeah, they're definitely on my hit list because they're a Scottish company that I hadn't heard of before. Um, <laughs> I was in Dundee a couple of weeks ago. You should have told me. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, I uh, found them. There seems to be a, a thriving little scene up in Dundee. There was a recent post to the Scotland Tabletop Facebook group about um, starting up a playtest group up there and that kind of thing. So yeah, I need I need to get up there at some point and, and say hello to these folks. And the last of the Scottish folks I'm really interested in is Inspiring Games. Um, they gave me a preview of a game called Legends Untold, right near the start of the sort of press path for the giant brain. And that's a sort of like RPG in a box kind of thing. Um, when I previewed it, the preview's up on the site, um, uh, it, look, it didn't look very good. Like The art was kind of a bit crappy, not great. Uh, but they've done a lot of work over the last couple of years, got a new artist on board really up the game on it it looks fantastic so I'm hoping to get a, a preview of the sort of almost final copy of that so and, when you say it's RPG like what sort of, what sort of thing do you mean um, it's sort of um, it, like it basically you, you sort of lay out sort of like large tarot sized cards and make your way through a dungeon kind of thing as a group right uh, that, that kind of thing sort of like uh, sort of an old school top down 2D RPG like computer game okay. RPG that kind yeah, of yeah. thing um, but yeah, it, it's looking really, really cool. Um, One Free Elephant will be down as well. They're not on my hit list because I've played most of their games already. But they're going to have a new game called Microbrew, uh, which is, fits in a mint tin, and it's a little worker <laughs> placement game of of making beer. It's it's really good. Uh, but that I've, sounds I've like it. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great actually. We should we should try and get a game because uh, yeah, it is really good. Uh, but I've, I've played it a couple of times already, so it's not on my hit list. But it is definitely worth checking out if you like your beers. Um, who else have we got on here? Themeborn, they were my hit of the expo last year. They did Escape the Dark Castle, which is uh, very heavily inspired by um, sort of choose your own adventures and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's got the kind of fighting fancy black and white art from the old days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So they've just announced two new expansions, and they're going to have a Kickstarter going live on the first of June for those expansions and other stuff uh, that they have. They are yet to reveal. So I'm hoping to meet up with Thomas, who was nice enough to give me an interview earlier in the year. Uh, and just sort of see what they're up to because they, they seem like a really interesting outfit they ran a good campaign on time uh, yeah they seem to be doing good things uh, so I'll just I'll, I'll interject before you carry on with your list I can see you guzzling 
whiskey out of a pint glass there in the background. <laughs> well, yeah, fresh yourself. That's how we drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how else would you, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. <laughs> Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Baz well, I just want to get your thoughts really on this so we mentioned it a couple of times there that yeah. uh, mm. there's people who are going to be demoing their stuff that's for Kickstarter or that's not necessarily there yet I mean what what do you feel about going around and just chatting to people who are designing the game even if their stuff's not there do you think it's worth the, the bit just to kind of get a feel mm. off the people who are writing it to try and get a, a good feel for a game because perhaps in a in a run up to something uh, looking on, I don't know, social media or something like that, you might not get a real feel for what it is you're getting. But if you can jump to Expo or somewhere and actually speak to the people writing it, does that give you a bit more flavour or something, a bit more excitement about the product that might be coming? For example, like uh, the new Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay that's coming out or something like yeah. that? Um, yes, is the short answer. Definitely. Because, I don't know, the thing with conventions of any sort, any sort at all, is that they're a terrible shopping expedition. Now, that might sound like a strange thing to say when we're thinking about something like Expo, which is essentially the world's biggest marketplace for games. But in the age that we live in, it's not particularly inconvenient to get hold of hobby games. Thank goodness. You know, there are so many distribution channels now, of which Kickstarter is just one. Uh, But obviously, you've got your online retailers, your friendly local game stores and everything else. That, I mean, I personally, I wouldn't go to Expo to shop, as in to walk away with with a car boot full of games. But I would definitely go there for the stuff that I can't get through any of those channels. And that's like, you know, 10 minutes having a chat with the guys who are building these things. That's shaking hands with, with you know, people that you've always admired. That's asking questions about stuff that you, you were always wanted to know. Um, getting things signed, if that's your bag, you know. I think, for me, I always like those bits of the convention that you can't get anywhere else. And they're, they're brilliant for it. The meeting and greeting, the seminars and... And definitely meeting the creators is a really big deal because one of the the big things about Kickstarter is for, well, for good or for ill, when you pledge to a Kickstarter, you do feel like you have some kind of stake in in that business. You're more than just Mm. a fan if you've pledged on Kickstarter. You do feel a bit, and entitled isn't maybe necessarily the right word, but you are entitled to have an opinion on the game and, and you got in there early. You gave the money before anything was released. So... You know, I've 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 yet to meet creators who aren't interested in in meeting people who pressed buttons and sent stuff by PayPal to them. You know, as you know, we we often have on the podcast we often have Matt Matt Hart from Steamforged, um, who's run some ex- incredibly successful Kickstarter stuff like that. He 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 couldn't not go to things like Expo because for him, you know, meeting meeting those fans is a massive draw for him. So yeah, that that would be. That would be my favourite thing to do, actually. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't fully get the, the shopping thing of going to Expo, like because, like Baz says, like you can get games pretty much anywhere. Yeah, you might get the occasional like really good con deal, but I think those are mm, fewer maybe, yeah. than they used to be. Like yeah, uh, they, they used to be that like sellers would just like just try and get rid of their stuff, but I think that happens less now because the hobby's grown so much. Like, mm-hmm. they, they they can shift that stuff later. But yeah, uh, like Baz, I'm on the lookout for. I'm looking. I'm look out for a surprise, which is why my hit list is so short this year. I'm hoping to come across something that I didn't see in the preview, that, and like see something unusual or interesting that I just want to grab there and then. Like, sure. like yeah. I guess the the thing where you might find something different. I mean, it's it's a bit like going down a 
I don't know, a North African bazaar or something, so I don't really want to go in there. But the Bring and Buy, which is always like rammed with people, mm. uh, there are some good bargains in there. There's like some old out of print games for a fiver because they're missing uh, a meeple or something. Or, you know, there's, there's just like lots of, it's like a proper Aladdin's cave of treasure troves. But you've kind of got to be committed, haven't you? It's one of yeah. those that's just always rammed with folk. So if you go in there, it's kind of like roll your sleeves up, <laughs> give your bag and small children to someone else, then, you know, say I may be some time before you head in. Yeah, but, but um, if you're looking for those kind of like gems that you won't find anywhere else, then the Expo Bringer Buy is definitely a place where that might happen. Yeah, that's true. I've only been in there once with Rich, and yeah, it was a bit too much. He's still in there. He's still in there. Yeah. <laughs> don't joke. We would have loved to have him on the podcast as well, but we can't find him. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he got sold to someone for a fire. <laughs> I'm not sure we got the worst deal there. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Anyway, what else? What else have you got on the exhibitor from then, Ian? Who else do you want to look, go and have a look at? Uh, so a couple of UK um, publishers going to be there. Uh, Alley Cat Games. Um, I've just announced Ruthless, a pirat- piratical themed deck builder. So I I'd really like a pirate themed game in my collection. Uh, so I'm going to go and check that out. And they just announced. I'm um, hopefully going to meet up with a guy called Ross from uh, an Instagram account called More Games. Please, he does a lot of board game photography and stuff like that nice to meet him in real life and play a game or two with him um, they, and uh, Braincrack Games who I've done a little bit of reviewing for in the past and reviewed Farsight for them so they're sort of car, tabletop sort of battle game of uh, big mechs and that kind of thing uh, yeah. but they've got a game coming out that sounds really interesting called The Gig which is about being in a jazz band which, nice. Uh, uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> which, uh, which I, I love. I, that, that's the sort of thing I'm really looking forward to trying at, at, at Expo is stuff with different themes, uh, like not just like fantasy or sci fi or that kind of thing. Some people are trying really different things. So the gig sounds really cool. Uh, I've got a review copy of Dead and Breakfast from them, which is about running a haunted hotel and a sort of tile layer kind of thing. I might, I might bring that down with me for you guys to play, actually. It's, it's, it's good fun. Uh, and Hub Games are trying something really interesting. This is the publishers of Rory Story Cubes and the Untold game, which I kind of want to try out um, because it feels like a sort of maybe intro RPG, perhaps. All right. I kind of want to try that out. But the other game that I'm really intrigued about is called Holding On The Troubled Life of Billy Care. It's a bit of a mouthful. Snap <laughs> it, uh, yeah. But it's a, it's a worker placement game about retrieving the memories of a dying man. Just kind okay. of a, yeah it's kind of an intriguing uh, very different difficult subject to tackle in a game so I'm intrigued to how they pull that off worker placement games don't usually do it for me but um, the the theme alone is enough to sort of make me raise an eyebrow and have a look definitely okay so again there just to sort of reflect there's a couple of games you've mentioned that are sort of RPG like or have sort of connections to that I'm just thinking from your perspective Baz you've, you've got a few nippers got a collection of team stevens uh, yeah. in terms of getting into sort of role playing and, and the sort of stuff that we would normally do in terms of the role playing game podcast do you think um the board games are a suitable angle in or is it something are they like a different thing altogether and you can still just introduce kids to role playing as a role playing game and it's just another game you can play or do you think things like you know, Cult Express could lead to Deadlands or something like that. Maybe not that quite a bit of a jump, but do you know what I mean? Like, if you played a cowboy themed board game and then said, What if we took away the board game rules and now you're a cowboy, you can do what you want? Is that a route or? Maybe. Uh, I think it probably is a route if you're in the realms of dungeon fantasy, uh, because that's a genre all of its own, isn't it? And mm. um, 
you know, Ian will know better than probably you or I, but I don't think there's any shortage of, of games like Descent or Gloomhaven or any of the other million ways that you mm. can take a party of adventurers into a into a dungeon. And, and they're incredibly sophisticated these days as well. Um, if you but if you think back, um, you know, the vintage of both of our listeners will remember stuff like Hero Quest and Advanced Hero Quest and Space Crusade and things like that. They were absolutely a way into the wider hobby because they were sold in places like Argos. And that got people into Games Workshop games just because of availability. Now, your hobby games culture is massive these days, but bricks and mortar stores, maybe not so much. Does it take people into role playing down the line? I've never actually been convinced that it does. And I'm never even convinced that it should or that it has to. Um, because, you know, board, card, mini games are brilliant. They, and if they're just seen as a gateway to something more sophisticated, that opens up a can of discussion that, you know, will probably <laughs> probably lead to me shouting, really, because you know it, it it's it's not like you know role play role playing games are are the best and most sophisticated type of gaming, and everything else is just like you know for amateurs, and yeah. for dilettantes, because that's 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 horseshit, and and I think there has been elements of that in the past where people talk about you know D and D is like you know it's all right for a starter game, but eventually you'll play Cthulhu like a proper man, and you know, in, 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 enough, right? So. <laughs> So I think you know the hobby game stuff. Like um, I've, I've absolutely love that hobby games do all kinds of crazy stuff in genres now. And Ian's already mentioned a couple, you know, that are not just like science fiction, fantasy, or horror, which is your, your three biggies in most gaming, isn't it? You're looking at dead yeah. people's memories. You're looking at beer. You're looking at all kinds of ways where you might not necessarily be pretending to be someone when you're playing it. Although I am, because I role play when I play chess. But, <laughs> but you know. But it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's it's in and of its own sake, it's brilliant, and I think, I think there is, there is definitely, and this this might be worth asking, uh, certainly worth asking yourself and Ian what you think about places like Waterstones selling uh, Settlers of Catan, Pandemic, you know, those are those are the gateways to a hobby game. Um, does that work? Because that that does seem to be bringing people into stuff that isn't Cluedo, Trivial Pursuit, or Monopoly. Whether they go on to play Pathfinder a couple of years down the line, I've no idea. They may even play those hobbies in parallel, because I actually don't think that it's it's very easy to be a role player and a board gamer. Because <laughs> who's got the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about. I'm down to my last six or seven hobbies, and it's a nightmare. <laughs> The Smart Party are raising funds to help with the running costs of the show. We use Patreon, which is kind of like a modern magic item that turns you into a connoisseur of all that is good in gaming. To show your support, just head over to patreon.com slash thesmartparty. You can donate a dollar, a credit, a copper piece, or a fiver per month. It all goes into the portable whole of web hosting costs and helps us look after you every month with new Smart Party content. Patreons get a big thanks from us, some backer-only goodies as and when, and the warm, confident glow of the just and righteous to help you sleep at night. Join the Smart Party at patreon.com today and tell all your friends tomorrow. Cheers! Howdy, Smart Party fans! Thanks to the amazing backing of our loyal patrons, and your first issue of Smart Scene is now available to download at Drive Through RPG for the ridiculously low price of a mere $3 that can be nestling within your hard drive in seconds. 
feels the new advice of Tread Bread in Indiana wax nostalgic with the 90s, chortle as you play con bingo. Just type smart scene into the search bar over at drive-thru. Years from now you'll be able to say with confidence, I like their early stuff the best. Stay smart now! <laughs> yeah, it's, well it's a weird one because I think um, there's apparently 32,000 visitors to Expo last year. Uh, wow. I think it's about half that for uniques, but yeah. over the weekend, I think um, they're expecting forty thousand this year. From what uh, yeah, number I saw, it's it's gone up by some thousands every year, hasn't it? So that's mm. that's going to continue. And I think it's hard to walk into the role playing rooms, of which there's a couple, and get excited when you've been in, for example, the main hall where there's just like all these vendors gone, on, or you've been in the main mm. board game room where there's just you know dozens and dozens of people sat around having a great time chatting there's all these colourful boards with pieces and you know demo tables and banners and all this kind of stuff and it just looks cool and great and if you're kind of new to hobby gaming I think that sort of stuff if you've just bought your Catan from Waterstones or whatever else you've got and you, you go to see what other games there might be and see walls full of them that's really alluring I think to a new hobbyist I'm not sure that they get the same excitement from walking to the roleplay room that's not to say the people in the role play room aren't having as much, even that more fun. It's just to a casual observer, it doesn't look like there's as much going on. Yeah, because it's a bunch of people sat around with some A4 sheets of paper, generally. Yeah, that's fair. Is there games on demand or anything like that this year? There is, yeah. So what normally happens with role playing games at Expos, you have to buy tickets in advance. Mm. Generally, there's still some spaces in some games available. I checked this this morning. Um, so have a look on the website if you fancy booking yourselves in for something. You can also book games on the day because quite often people don't turn up or try the tickets back in so that's worth doing uh, but there's also a games on demand function so I know Wit uh, and a couple of the other guys we know who are role players uh, doing two hour slots so that the idea there is that uh, you don't want to necessarily give over four hours of your time if you, you've got a lot to see but if you want to test a session or you just want a quick game or something then there's, uh, I think there's about half a dozen guys on hand to show you some games on demand stuff which I think is really valuable certainly for yeah. that sort of format and environment I've always worried, wondered about that at conventions, that, that four-hour time slot and where it sort of emerged from over the course of convention history, because it's always seemed like a bit long to me. I, I've, whenever I've run a convention game, I've always fallen a little short of that time, maybe three mm. to three and a half hours. And yeah, it just it always feels just that little bit too long. I, I feel like if it was a bit shorter, people might run punchier games that people might get more excited about. I, I, I don't know. It just, it just it's always seemed like a slight anachronism to me. Yeah, it's bonkers, I, I think is right. what it is. It needs to be an hour. Never mind three hours. <laughs> never mind two hours. It needs to be one hour. Let's yeah, not let's that, not mess around amazing. here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about getting people into hobbies and stuff like that, the, you know, Expo is the, the thing that Expo is brilliant at is is demos. Uh, mm. I went last year. I was in the main trade hall all day. Didn't get out of it all day. Got there at opening on Saturday. Left at closing. Never even got to the role playing stuff. I think I played somewhere in excess of twelve games from start yeah. to finish proper demos which were you know almost as big as the real game itself um loads of good stuff there's no way i could go to to dragon me and play 12 role-playing games in an eight-hour day it's just yeah. it, it wouldn't happen i'd love to i'd love to uh, and it may even be that that's impossible but if you are gonna if you are gonna get some of these forty thousand people to experience things you can't ask any of them to go can you give me half a day i've got nothing i can physically show you <laughs> there's no no you don't get a model there's no board but no, honestly, in four hours you'll know. 
It's like, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not signing up for that, mate. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's one of the things I wrote about last year after Expo. I did a little sort of like sort of afterthoughts kind of article, uh, and I talked about length of demos. I've done a recent one as well where I sort of talked about what I thought made a good demo because a lot of the demos I was getting offered last year were in the sort of like either like the full game or they wanted like a couple of hours of my time and it's like dude mm. look around you there's like a thousand and one other things to see I can't I can't really give you that time I kind of want yeah. to but I can't really can you show me like 20-30 minutes of your game show me the trailer for your game what's the cool stuff show me show me the cool thing and then and then let me go on my way with a flyer in my hand and a smile on my face that's enough leave me wanting more don't show me the whole thing I don't want to see it or I'll buy the game from you if I do want to see it and play it in the open gaming zone myself. So yeah. hopefully some people have taken a little bit of that on board. But yeah, if you're if if I'm going around this year and and you're offering me two hour long demos, so I'm going to be saying no because what? No, I, I think it's a perennial problem, is it? I remember even uh, I think it was Gen Con. It might be Minehead or something like that, but it's, it was years ago. And we saw there was like a Game of Thrones board game had just come out, and we're like, cool. And the SDVM guys there were all trying to demo these games, and we're like, cool. How long does it take to play a demo of this? And they said five hours. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, then. <laughs> and he's busily putting pieces on the board, and we're like, dude, stop right now. We're not stopping for five hours. It's just not happening. It's longer than a role playing game. Yeah, that's, that's too long. That's madness. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I think you're right. If, if we're going to like demo certainly RPGs or anything else, you you kind of want a one shot. You want a one pager, as the yeah. Savage Worlds team do, with just a, you know a central encounter and maybe a bit of a fight and something else. Or you could do stuff like have a character sheet with a little stamp and either put survived or died on it or something like that. And yeah. Just have a mm-hmm. you know something to take away that's got your website and Kickstarter on the back or whatever else you want. Like you say, so if you need to come back to it, you can do or research further. Yeah, the brilliant absolutely. guys at. Dungeon Crawl Classics do character sheets for cons that are um, scratch off. They do scratch card character <laughs> sheets. Oh, amazing! That's good. <laughs> That's really clever. And you, you just want to take them home with you. It's literally like a lottery ticket. <laughs> do I survive? Do I not? That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that, that kind of thing is fantastic. Like thinking thinking around the problem a little bit. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a must. It's um. You know, there there are other conventions where if you are a veteran gamer and you want to play, oh, I don't know, you want to play Ashen Stars. Uh, don't, don't ask me why. You want to play Ashen Stars. It's a role-playing game, and you really want to meet up with like-minded people and play the Ashen Stars role-playing game. I don't think Expo is necessarily the first thing you should Google to find out how to get that game, because there will be other places and other venues to do that. It mm. is like going to Disney World. You need to browse, yeah. you need to shake hands, you need to have a little bit to eat there, a bit to drink there, go and see something else that's wow, you know, be exhausted at the end of it, but you, but you're not going you're not going for your campaign play. There there are other better venues for that, I would say. And yeah, that's also, someone who's never yeah. even made it into the role playing hall. I might be wrong, as you spend more time over there than I do. And maybe there's people in the role playing hall who never get out of there, which seems bonkers to me. Yeah, I, I feel like if you sign up for like, if you're just playing the role playing games all the time, or if you're in like a big long tournament, although those things are great for Expo because it's it's fit, it's people mm. through the door, it's money in their hands, that's fantastic, and it's good that they organise that stuff. I do feel you're missing out on the experience of being at Expo if you're just mm-hmm. like basically playing X Wing for three days solid or whatever. That seems mm. seems a little mad to me, but each their own. I don't want to, I don't want to be binary about it. I was going to say you get two different types of people, but there's obviously lots of different types. But there's, there are people who go just to play in X-Wing, Netrunner, mm. Pokemon, whatever, pick a tournament, Hero Clicks, 
bolt action or whatever it's called there's there's tons of stuff like that where people just go just to play the thing and i've i've read on various forums and sometimes the people say oh it's quite a lot why do i have to pay to be an expo to go there and it's, that's the wrong way of looking at it i would say and then you're the sort of people who want to go and experience lots of stuff so certainly some of the netrunner players from last year that i was there with um, just couldn't wait to finish a game so they could run out into the main hall and get 20 medics before the next round started to kind of look round stuff and all that you know that kind yeah. of thing so it's, it can be a bit chalk and cheese depending on what type of game you are but definitely as a hobbyist I would suggest don't just stick to your thing try and find a bit of time to go and look at the other things because there's nowhere else that's got that variety and that amount of stuff all in one place in the UK at yeah. any point so you know it's, it's your one time a year where you can just go and diving hit deep into some other kind of nerdery and uh, get something out of it really quickly. Yeah, you'd never go to Glastonbury and spend five days just in the healing field, right? Some people do, but I wouldn't, you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) Or the dance tent. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. There there are similar sort of people. Those Glastonbury people are like, oh, I can't be bothered walking over there. So why are you here then? (laughs) It's it's a festival the size of a city. If you're going to sit in one corner of it, you might as well stop to know. Honestly, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, go and see the stuff that is unusual to you. So, like, one of the, one of the companies I've got written down that is on my hit list is a company called Taiwan Board Game Design, and they're a board game publisher from that end end of the world. And I have heard of literally none of their games. So, yay, <laughs> awesome! I'm going to go there and look at their games because I've literally never heard of a single one of them. Cool, so, yeah, and oh, yeah, wow. and I don't know when I'll get the chance to look at them again. Fantastic, cool, yeah. So just just to swing back to the role playing sort of question that Baz mentioned, mm. I think I, I don't want to be unfair to Expo, but I think it's it is reasonable to say that it, it's a bit of um, a, a thorn in the side of Expo to a degree because given the amount of other stuff going on, and we're talking about like square foot of space and how much money the yeah. convention can make out of it, role playing is quite expensive. Yeah, to to give away that amount of time to a relatively small amount of people for the square footage you've got is is quite expensive, but. Uh, John Dodd and the other guys want to support it so that's cool one thing that's slightly disappointing is probably trying to get that booking system right because um, my experience on a couple of previous years has been that at least half the people don't turn up for a lot of the games so then you're left with a, a six person game that's only got three people in it and generally it's alright and you hear up a couple of other people that are hanging around or haven't got a jump for their game either um, but it's just that um the logistics of getting tickets handed back in again or making them available or having someone to sort of corral more players to get them into games when they want one. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to go that year, this year either, so I'll be, I'll be interested to find out. They had an app last year, but I think it came a little bit late in the day. It wasn't yeah. quite tested well enough, arguably. Um, so that is just one thing with the, the role-playing, that if you want a game, you can certainly go down and try and get one. And the games-on-demand thing certainly helps some of that. Um, but it's just a little bit awkward about whether you get one or not or if you've got enough people and stuff so that's a shame but I think as we've mentioned role playing is not really the mainstay it's more kind of like the kid brother to everything else that's going on at the event yeah I mean I've had a look at the app for this year and I'm a little concerned because like the exhibitor list there was no links off individual exhibitors to their sites for instance there's just a list of exhibitors like just literally an Excel list of exhibitors okay Okay. Uh, but maybe the ticket part of it will work fine I don't know. I, I barely engage with that side of the app because I, ju- I just get a press pass and then go and wander around and poke things. Well, it's alright for you then, isn't it? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Role players. <laughs> Who cares about that? 
<laughs> to be fair, I've got a press pass this year as well, so I'll do exactly the same. But I care about my listeners, both of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. All my all my signed for your game. <laughs> all my listeners are board gamers, so it's fine. Probably. <laughs> so, what do we think about? Um, big boys like Games Workshop turning up because for years they wouldn't turn up to any kind of convention and just did their own thing in <laughs> Games Day but, but now they seem to be part of the, the gaming scene again Baz what do you reckon to that? I think it's mad I love it I absolutely love it but it's it, I mean every year that passes my cachet of having once spent a decade working for Games Workshop gets less and less valuable as, <laughs> as it becomes <laughs> if, if it ever was but because it is now nothing like the business that I used to work for and paid my mortgage for so long. It's nothing like it at all. Oh, I mean, you said Games Day. You're out of the loop, mate. It's Warhammer Fest now. That's what it's called. Well, whatever. It's, yeah, get down with things it. have moved on. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have Warhammer cafes. They they speak to people on internet forums. They're doing a Q&A at Expo. In my day, Games Workshop didn't do Q&A. You could ask them questions. You weren't getting any answers. You know, that's, that's not the way it works it's strictly a one way street we we release it into the stores and online and you buy it and you will love it too um, so it's um, there's been a massive massive change of culture I think it's brilliant that Games Workshop have decided to acknowledge the outside world at all I think it's going really well for them in doing that I think it's winning them new fans and, and it, yeah it will lose them some old ones but you know never mind um, they're going to do really well out of that and I think it's a brave move from Workshop because, well, you'll know this, guys, but they are the culture there was so small C conservative that the mm. idea of change was just it was it, you really genuinely thought it would never ever happen. Um, they were so such tunnel vision, such you know focus, if you want to use a nicer word for it, I suppose. I, I think it's brilliant that they, they actually have a community that they, they properly engage with now and they do come out and they do talk to people, they do listen as well and they're doing things that I never ever thought I would see with the GW logo printed on it. I thought I would never see that. It's, it's quite incredible and, and that's the way it should be. What Actually what concerns me slightly more is that people like Wizards of the Coast seem to be going in the opposite direction in some ways because they're not going to be at Expo. And they have actually haven't bothered coming over to Britain to do, well, anything for years, as far as I can tell. Paizo will be there. Fantasy Flight will be there. Games Workshop will bloody be there. I just have to say that out loud again. Games Workshop <laughs> are coming. <laughs> Wizards not running a D&D &D epic or anything, anything like that? I, Expo? Wizards, I, could, I, I, I stand to be corrected on this, but Wizards of the Coast just don't. They do. They do other things now, quite clever things. But the idea of going to conventions outside of the states just—well, I, I haven't seen it. Um, wow. Okay. And they've they've been noticeable by their absence for since fifth edition came along, certainly, and right. prior to that, really. So Paizo will just be sitting there, gleefully, um, counting the tenors. Um, in the same <laughs> way as for years, people like Steamforged and and all the other minis manufacturers going, Games Workshop don't come to these things. This is incredible because that's their Christmas day. Yeah. you know something like expo makes all the difference to them now that might change for them that's the downside to having workshop join in again yeah it'll be interesting to see if gw brings along some of the stuff they've announced just recently at warhammer fest like actually show off stuff for later in the mm -hmm. year as well i mean i'm I'm a bad i think it's great that gw are actually a banner sponsor this year they're actually going to cons they're showing off their stuff to people that might not walk into their shops that's going to be really really good for them 
I do so sound a slight note of caution. It feels a little bit like they're throwing everything against the wall at the moment and seeing what sticks because they're putting out a lot of stuff and they're not mm-hmm. fully supporting everything they put out. So like Blood Bowl's feeling a little bit like lackluster at the moment with the team support they've been putting out. Um, and I believe that's been causing a little bit of consternation amongst that community, but maybe maybe it'll work out in the end. And they'll, they, it certainly seems to be doing them very well. They've changed. They've changed, yeah. and everyone's noticed. The, the, back in the day, when when Gaz and I were were sucking at the Imperial Teat, uh, the, you know the, <laughs> the the fact of the matter was that half of everything that Games Workshop sold was a Space Marine, yeah, and the, and the other half was the rest of forty k, and and Warhammer was a drop in the ocean, and you had no chance of getting a hold of anything for Blood Bowl or Epic or or Oi, that's my leg or any of the other you know games that they've released back in the day. So for them to be even having Blood Bowl available at all is mm. a major, major, major step forward for them. To any other game manufacturer, it looks bizarre that Games Workshop kind of <laughs> refused to make money. But for, yeah. for Games Workshop, by their own standards, they are putting an awful lot of product onto shelves and online and selling it to people and changing stuff and releasing things. <laughs> this is stuff that Games Workshop just didn't do for the best part of 30 years. Yeah, it's and, bonkers. And- yeah, and I've just announced a new edition of Adeptus Titanicus as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and like because they're at Expo, girls are going to see it. This is good. This is a good thing, you know? <laughs> they're getting Absolutely. diverse as well. They're catching yep. up on this stuff. I think as when we did the Expo program podcast last year, we talked about the diversity in the crowd, and maybe that's a subject we should return to again. That's the other genius thing. These 40,000 people strange number that these 40,000 people who might go to Expo aren't all going to be sweaty teenagers with bum fluff and red dwarf t-shirts and there was a time where that would have been the case these are going to be like real people from every walk of life very diverse very inclusive convention actually Expo should be uh, applauded for that and that means that people are going to be able to show their wares to all types of people not just one horrible beer gutted stereotype that eventually ends up making podcasts I should point out the smart party doesn't guarantee that we know people wearing red dwarf t-shirts and smelling <laughs> with bum flap. <laughs> that there is still likely to be a contingent because it's a, a broad church. Um, but yeah, according to the Expo Guide, uh, they don't mention um, it's just male-female split they've put. They've not got like a non-binary or any of the other kind of genders on there. But as a loose kind of headline for male-female, it's about two-thirds to a third. So I think thirty five percent representation of, of female uh, in this kind of hobby is like a lot bigger than you'd expect it to be. Let's yeah. put it that way. I think we said last year yeah. we thought there was quite a diverse crowd, but those sort of numbers back it up. That in fact it's it's getting close to fifty fifty. We've still got a way to go, but yeah, definitely by a lot of standards, from old Games Workshop standards or the old Gen Con or things like that, it's looking a lot uh, a lot more uh, diverse for sure. Absolutely. Have you um have you seen anything there, Ian, on your like rounds of board games and stuff like that that seem directed more at a different crowd or a dice first crowd or just seem to have a something about it that would appeal or do you think board games in general or what's on offers just appeals to anyone anyway and there's no targeting per se? I mean, I don't think there's I mean there's a lot of companies there. So there's a ma- there as I've talked about already, there's a massive diverse range of exhibitors. So yeah, there is there is gonna be something for you there. If you have a look through the exhibitor list, um, I think I think the main thing to do is just sort of wander around and see what grabs your attention. Um, there's 
there's a full family zone that um, I think Haber are running or something like that. Uh, oh, that might be tabletop Scotland. I'm getting my conventions confused. Uh, but yeah, there's a massive family zone there. So if you've got like kids, head there, get shown the latest sort of kids and family games. Um, there'll be demos of all sorts of stuff all over the place. So there's there's everything from like sort of cyberpunk board games to usual sort of fantasy and sci-fi tropes uh, and back to the sort of like the more interesting themes like the beer stuff and retrieving memories of dying men and yeah it's just <laughs> the, the board game industry continues to get wider and wider and wider I mean we had Fog of Love earlier in the year which is a sort of rom-com simulator which is again was guarding a lot of good press I'm hoping to maybe get a demo of that while, while I'm down um, yeah, but it just continues to grow, and as as the community gets more diverse, as it gets larger, we're bound to see companies try and cater to that community because that's just what board game companies want to do, or any company wants to do, as as their audience grows. So it's it's great to see such such diversity in products being released, and I think that is just going to continue, much to the chagrin probably of a very small minority of the community, and <laughs> increasingly small. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. Um, so, so to think of something else that we'd like if we had a wish list, let's imagine for a second that the the creators of Expo are listening to our humble podcast and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure what this, what they can do about it from this point of view, but one of my wishes for Expo is that I, you know, less zombie games, please. I've seen quite enough zombie <laughs> board games or other zombie-related things. I think that's I, starting to die off a little bit. Like Cthulhu used to be my, like, we've seen quite enough of that, but now zombies have overtaken it. Uh, it's just like can we stop having different zombie board games please well well, my one wish and are you paying attention bring back the beer bus please <laughs> bring it back I wholeheartedly endorse this <laughs> <laughs> the beer bus was great and it was fantastic it, was. And it did rob some of our time it did rob some of our time but that's fine because we sat on top Ooh. of the beer bus and played ridiculous games and drank beer and it was great. Yeah, we were still playing games. It's fair. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was good being on top of the bus because we got to see when the re- the resupply van came. Because <laughs> <laughs> we drunk all the beer and they had to ring the mate up to come with some more barrels. That was quite good fun. So, anyway, what about what about you, Baz? Enough of us reminiscing. Is there something <laughs> you'd like to see at Expo that isn't there, or something about it that you think you could um, you could improve I... upon? Or yeah, the the one thing I would add. Um... And it's kind of done, sort of like, um, kind of on the fringe at the moment. Is uh, I'd, I'd organise a social, I'd have a party, maybe a masked ball or something like that on the Saturday night, or a costume party. I would have some kind of big social, where That's you could take a couple of hours off from playing games and actually just talk to people, chat to people, uh, get some music playing, make it an indie disco just for my sensibilities. Uh, that would be great, <laughs> please. Um, and make it, you know, just a, a proper, not cosplay necessarily, but fancy dress. Why not? You know, cosplay is great, um, but it's sometimes intimidating how good those guys are. But yeah. what's wrong with a good old fancy dress knees up? That would be a right laugh, especially if everybody got into the spirit of it. And, you know, you went to something from your gaming property of choice. It could be cheap, it could be cheerful, or it could be massively over the top. I think that would be, I think that would be good times. Um and you could do it in character if you had to, if you want to make a laugh dress out up, of it. Dress up as your game component of choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. That was, I like that one quite a yeah, lot. Yeah, that is good. Because you get that quite a lot in the big cons in the States. 
Yeah, you do, don't you? And they, yeah. they might play, like they did back in the day of Gen Con, they would play Rocky Horror. But these yeah. days it might be, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, there could be a movie thing. There could be like some yeah. eats. You've got the street food thing going on already. Just make it a nice party. And that would be kind of cool for the for the guys who have been demoing their hearts out all day as well. Yeah. Is they could actually come and have a drink, come and have a Coke or come and have a pint, whatever. Um, and make a bit of a do out of it. Because if you're going to stay over, you kind of need to do something in the evening, yeah. I think. And if you don't stay yeah. over, you're missing a big part of the con. So I would put something in there. Yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. I yeah, I think that's fair enough. And then there are the sort of like they're not well, they're not like that at all. I was going to say a bit like that, but you do get little communities of stuff happening. So, for example, the Run Last Click guys do a podcast, and the Netrunner crew all try and get down to that. Uh, I know that uh, Pestlery Richard, I probably said that slightly wrong. Um, he's doing a. RPG game designer get together on the Friday from 7 till 9 it's quite informal but it's just trying to get a bunch of anyone who's doing anything to do with uh, design for RPGs in the UK uh, to get together in a room uh, and kind of talk and for the opportunity for people to meet them as well and and have a chat Mm. so on a small scale there are things like that going around it's worth sort of browsing the the catalogue of events to find things like that and taking a break from playing a game because I know some people do like to just get a board game uh, and go and sit at a table and then play that for 12 hours and do that again the next day and the next day uh, but there's so much else going on it feels a little bit of a shame um, but in and of itself that is a thing I don't think we've mentioned yet there's normally a board games library as well so one yeah. massive room will be dedicated and they'll have a whole wall full of games you can go and borrow uh, so you don't even need to cart your own games up you can go and borrow somebody else's and play something different so that's quite cool as well Yeah. Uh, but yeah the, the, the whole gamut of stuff there is available it's hard to know what to recommend without leaving something out isn't it yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing I found mm-hmm. in my previews. Just there's like I, I reduced it down this year because it would drive me mad otherwise. But there's there is so much to see. There's companies like there's we haven't even, I haven't even mentioned. There's a bunch of tech companies there basically releasing stuff for tabletop games. There's a company called Wizama that are producing like a a sort of big tablet that you can play board games on. And there's Dyes from last year that have got like their helper app thing for learning board games. And a couple of the companies of that ilk as well. There's all there's just a huge amount of stuff and there's kind of authors and artists yeah. and all those kind of things as well aren't they chucked in as well um, if, if you're quite new it's probably worth mentioning to people if you're heading down there There's uh, you'll see some guys in guys and girls in blue shirts they're game ambassadors uh, and there's a whole bunch of people hanging out their staff for, uh, for Expo it is a way of getting there a little bit cheaper if you volunteer it might be a bit late now given the time of recording but uh, certainly worth watching out for for next year if you haven't made it this year but yeah look out for the game ambassadors and others because it can be a little bit overwhelming as we said but there is a bunch of people that are just hanging around looking to help you so don't be frightened of uh, grabbing an ambassador and asking where to go or what to do because uh, they're all super helpful uh, and looking out to, to make sure you have a good time really you can get in touch with the smart party via your favourite electronic means. Look us up on the forums where we're just about everywhere, or you can simply email us at thesmartparty at hotmail.com. Your comments, insights, questions and revelations are always welcome. Roll diplomacy. Lovely stuff. So I think we're kind of getting up to the, to time. So have you any sort of final thoughts or summaries or any bits you want to chuck in there, Ian, before we head out? No, I think just come back to our theme again of like make sure you like try some stuff that is maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone. There's a huge amount of stuff to see there. Don't feel pressed into doing anything in particular, but yeah, just ha- have a good look around, see what's there, and yeah, try something new. Cool. How about you, Bez? Uh, my top tips would be wear comfortable shoes and stay hydrated. 
<laughs> That's not bad advice at all. <laughs> we completely forgot about water and things like that. <laughs> water? <laughs> what? We've talked about beer and food a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was mostly getting hydrated through beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do stay hydrated. So, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again just in case. Go to ukgamesexpo.co.uk uh, and on that website there's all kinds of information including a beginner's guide uh, a list of all the exhibitors different kind of games are on you can book it yourself into some games uh, it's got all the demos uh, advice on cosplay and what to bring and what not to bring i.e. don't bring realistic guns please uh, and all that kind of stuff so all your stuff about car parking how to get there accommodation family zone how to volunteer all on the website um, so do give them a give them a look over uh, and the guys are pretty good at responding on social media as well so if you have any questions, drop them a line. And if you think that me, Baz, or Ian can help, obviously you can talk to us here at the Smart Party or head over to the Giant Brain. Uh, and Ian will be, he's like our board game expert, I guess. And he can help you out on that front, too. Absolutely. Happy to answer any questions on Twitter or other social medias. Lovely stuff. Right. Well, we're off to get hydrated, ready, and uh, put a pack, a, pack a spare pants ready for Expo. So if you're heading out there, do feel free to say hello and speak to us. We're wandering around looking bewildered or lost, as most people do. But uh, always happy to speak to either of our listeners or any new listeners who might want to join in. And I think for us, that's all for tonight. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from and me. Goodbye from me. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, guys. Ta-da. Bye.